Welcome to this episode of the Security Clearance Careers Podcast, ClearedCast, your source for security clearance, intelligence community, espionage, national security, and defense contracting updates in our exclusive interviews with intelligence community and government leaders. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of ClearedCast, your security clearance careers podcast. I am Katie. I'm your editorial communications manager at Clearance Jobs, and we have Jill Hamilton, our editor at the news site with us today. So, Jill, how are things with you throughout this heat wave that we're experiencing? Going well, going well. I just got a coffee machine added to my workspace, so that's a good thing. Beautiful. Um, And celebrating pumpkin spice cold brews returning to Starbucks, so... Yeah, all so is almost here. We'll have to do a poll on that if if you love or <laughs> if you hate the pumpkin spice season. It's a bit early, is it not? It probably is, but I'm you know I think I'm just here for it. I'm just I'm tired of the heat. Yeah, I mean it's been great. All that there's bigger problems in the world, but I'm ready for the fall and um, so bring back the pumpkin spice. You might as well. Love you know it. it's about time. <laughs> I'm ready for those spooky vibes as well. Uh, Speaking of a little bit spooky, not necessarily a horror story episode for you secret squirrels today, but today we're going to be talking through some weird security clearance stories. So just bizarre, just weird stuff that Mm -hmm. we found on the clearancejobsblog.com. So I'm going to go ahead and kick us off today. Uh, The first uh, that we're going to do in this two part series, actually, so we're going to start with a couple today and then we'll we'll get you a few more in a couple weeks. But the first one is accidentally working for a porn company, Uh, an accident, you ask, how did that happen? Well, I'm going to tell you. Um, So Justin XXK, user on the blog. Uh, This is what he wrote. Long story short, I was involved with an issue regarding a porn company. I did work for them, but realized after the fact that the company does porn and I did not want to associate myself with that. All of the earnings he received were returned later down the road. He got a message about filing a tax with the IRS. Uh, contacted the guy uh, that originally said he would fix it. Um, And then he called the next day, told him that he can't fix it. Uh, So he has no choice but to pay the IRS uh, for the, you know, the work that he did for this, accidentally did for this porn company. Um, But he is a senior studying engineering in college. Um, It would require him to apply for a security clearance. He's currently a student at OSU. So Um, His question is, will filing this form to the IRS hurt his chances at obtaining a security clearance? And, uh, you know, he he would qualify for every other section. He said, I don't know any people outside of the United States. I have no criminal record. I don't drink or smoke weed. Thanks. Uh, Thank you, Justin XXK, for your question. Um, So moral of the story with this uh, weird security clearance story uh, is if you didn't do anything illegal, uh, then there shouldn't be an Mm. issue. Uh, But you should definitely file with the IRS. I don't think avoiding that piece of the story is uh, would would be a good uh, turnout for Justin XXK. So that is if you have a W-2, yeah, yeah. if you have a W-2 or a 1099 to support the work, 
that it was, you know, which would seem more legal, <laughs> so, right. you know, um, and you just tell your whole side of the story, um, sure. it should, it should go. Okay. Sure. Um, yeah. yeah. No, this time I have follow-up questions, you know? It, well, exactly. But, yeah. Uh, and I know that you've mentioned before, Jill, use those comment sections. Um, again, don't disclose. It doesn't sound like there is anything illegal done here. Um, if it is a, a, you know, legitimate, you know, business that happens to do uh, adult content, you work for them for a brief stint. It doesn't sound like anything really illegal took place. So again, when you're going through the SF-86, be honest with the questions that you're actually asked um, and don't necessarily, right. you know, go into this long story. Use the comments if you need to. Um, right. But it, yeah, it doesn't sound like anything illegal necessarily took place. Right. So. Yeah. Like for sure, don't hide it. And don't like inc incriminate yourself unnecessarily in the comment section. Like use them judiciously and sure. to get like the facts out there. As, as different as the facts might be from, you know, your normal uh, like SF-86 job <laughs> edition, you know, well, so. And, you know, yeah. uh, just on a side note, I'm so confused. What company did you apply for, not research? Like, like what company does, yeah. like, uh, software development for, like, or, or systems development for, like, washing machines, but then also, like, does adult content? Like, what, what company right. does, were you not aware right. of, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure it'll raise some questions, but it's it's not like it's impossible to get out because it wasn't like you said, I went to McDonald's for a job and then it wasn't McDonald's. You know? So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's, it's a good it's a good lesson to do your research. Uh, if a company reaches out to you, you want to do your research on the company and make sure that it's an employer that you vibe with, that you uh, the mission really resonates with you. Yeah. So you don't accidentally work for a porn company. So. That is our number yeah. one story. Whoopsies. <laughs> Whoopsies. Um, number two, it's the clearance applicant with large transactions. Okay. So this is a interesting one where, I, first of all, I always love saying, trying to say names, Arit76 is our commenter. He said, I've had, or she, I've had a lot a secure, secret clearance for the last four years. I'll be approaching my fifth year now. I work in a federal contract. I got an interim two months right after I got my SF-86, final um, six months later. So really quick turnaround. Only had one issue, which was a 16,000 hospital bill that was later taken care of by my insurance. So that got cleared. So then fast forward, goes for a GS job. So federal, federal job in December, selected, did the SF-86 for a TSSCI. And two days ago, I received my waiver to start working at the command. He's thinking maybe this is interim... They think everything's favorable, but then got a few questions about um, things that were quote unquote found. So she mentioned three large transactions approximately two months apart years and years ago. And this commenter has no recollection or documentation of them in any way, shape or form. He's like, I'm broke. <laughs> and back then I was really broke. I was like 21, you know, um, just kept working and trying to pay everything off. I didn't, I mean, he's like, I got a, I had a kid. So I got tax taxes, um, a refund because of that, you know, that I'd never had before. So maybe, but the amounts didn't match up. So there's just a lot of back and forth. He said, so question is after a boring and simple interview, so everything went quickly, 
she's wondering if I've forgotten everything. I've spoken to many colleagues. One of um, one asked me if it was a false transaction, like maybe it's for somebody else that they're seeing, or is this a trick question? You know, what are we, what are we supposed to do with that? So again, we've we talked about. I mean, finance is our big thing because if there are large transactions, they want to know where those transactions are coming from, and could you be extorted for money, or has that been in your past, or blackmailed? And so they do have to pull at every single thread and make sure that everything is out there in the open, especially the higher the level of clearance, the more the scrutiny on that. So you really just have to keep pulling up those financial reports to prove that there's nothing, there's nothing there. So and he's he's pulled up bank statements, look for loans, look for anything that could kind of trigger that there was like either an auto loan payoff, a school loan, maybe, maybe you moved money for something and just come up with all the different reasons as to why that might be and see if it lines up. Otherwise, you might wind up even having to submit a FOIA request just to see what is actually in on the other side, what they're, what they're seeing on their end. Like, you're like, no, I didn't get an inheritance. Trust me, I, I would know if there's a windfall here. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, it's just, I think sometimes it's super confusing to understand what the investigator is trying to get it. And I get it because they're, they can't spell out everything for you because they have to make sure it's a very objective process, but it can get really just like hard to figure out for applicants, clearance applicants to know what to look for, what to do, or how to meet the different demands when they know for sure. I'm squeaky clean. I haven't done anything. Sure. All my money is legit. <laughs> well, I mean, so. it's, a, it's a good note not to second guess yourself. It usually is mm-hmm. not a trick question. So there could be something on there and that they're, you know, that they see. Um, but like you said, just pull up the data, have the data to back it up, pull your credit reports, pull your, those bank statements, take a look at a situation and see if it's eligible for the Freedom of Information Act, submit those FOIA requests. Right. Um, that's a great point. And that's all you can do. Yeah, it it makes you paranoid, but um, right, it's usually right. not a a trick question. Right. I mean, the biggest issue is it's just going to delay how long it takes to get your your clearance, which is a which is a major bummer. But if everything is lined up on your end, it could take a lawyer at the very end if you've got a letter of intent or a statement of reasons to kind of help you go back through and push back on certain things, but you're not even at that point yet. You just have lots of extra questions <laughs> that they're trying to get the, get to the bottom of. So just keep answering them, stay the course, um, and hopefully it doesn't come to you at the end um, and it doesn't delay it too long. Very weird. Always, well, like you said, finances, that's a, that's a, the biggest reason for security clearance denial year after year. So uh, a good story to um, to follow anytime that's on the CJ blog. Uh, so number three, investigator has a mild heart attack. I've never had a heart attack, but that sounds like mild is not what I would call it. Uh, so uh, right. DC 1983 writes, so I'm in the process for a secret clearance for a DOD contractor. The interviewer contacted me by text and made himself known, asked about coming to see me and scheduled a time. This was fine. Uh, day of the in-person interview, the investigator failed to show. About four days later, via voicemail and text, he said that he had a mild heart attack the day of our scheduled interview. Uh, He asked to reschedule it four days from the day of the message. Uh, DC 1983 was alarmed because he was worried about this investigator. 
Um, but they agreed to a time and day. The background investigator arrived at DC 1983's job in a conference room, showed his credential credentials, asked to verify mine, and then told me that the interview would be recorded. He never asked if I agreed to be re- being recorded. He just started the interview. He checked out from what I gather as legit. I just don't recall when I had a similar experience gaining a public trust uh, that uh, the person or the interview was recorded. Is that even legal? So a couple things to unpack here. First off, I really hope that guy's okay. Uh, mild, mild heart attack. But um, so the DC 1983 brings up a great point um, with uh, interviews, background investigation interviews being recorded. A couple of background investigators on this thread note that an audio recording of any kind is actually very unusual. There could be some circumstances if there are um, any sort of disability of some sort for a device like that, but uh, an audio recording, you know, generally very unusual circumstance. So you can submit a FOIA request, again, that Freedom of Information Act uh, very important to note um, to see to request that recording and hear it. But the other side of the coin is that the investigator could have also meant um, that me- mention it by mentioning that the interview is going to be recorded. Um, that instead of a voice recording, you know, that you listen back to, uh, he, the investigator could have meant recording notes, as in written notes. Like- Writing it down. <laughs> right. Um, so a, a couple of people on this thread, they asked, you know, did you see this recording device? The person said, DC 1983 said no. Um, so that's the other thing to note. He could have been saying, you know, recorded uh, in terms of um, written uh, record. So uh, the, the lesson of this story is just, you know, be clear, ask questions. Uh, you know, you, I, I think it would be completely acceptable and appropriate at the time. Uh, do you mean this is going to be audio recorded? Then the investigator would have been able to explain themselves at that point. But yeah, so be, you know, be clear. If you have questions, ask. Background investigators, mm-hmm. while they are objective, they are not there to bite. So uh, right. that's the, the moral of that story. So Right. It's hard when things take you off guard. And I just yeah. wonder if if he did have an audio recording that was not evident anywhere on the table that just started, <laughs> maybe he was already recording when he walked in the room. You never know. Um, <clears throat> maybe he just felt like he couldn't, like, you know, four days after having a mild heart attack, you know, maybe that's he true. felt it was hard to write down things. I don't know. It does yeah. seem like he was just recording the information. It's kind of like anything you say, can it will be held against you kind of, kind of thing. So just so you know, I don't know. It's a, it is a weird, weird thing, but yeah. you probably very, just felt very strange. And there, there shouldn't be any hidden uh, recording devices. So all of you secret potential secret squirrels, um, that is not normal either. Very weird. Right. So, all right. Number four, we have sextortion and the SF 86. This one comes from Twice Shy. And um, so (laughs) at least I can pronounce that one. That's good. It's an interesting, interesting name given the, given the topic. But um, so they, they posted this to describe, um, steps to be taken for victims of sextortion scams who are current clearance holders. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's what they write. And they reference one of the stories in the blog, online dating sites, 
and then sextortion and your clearance. So he says, however, clearance holders are not the only people victimized by these schemes. How does an affected person applying for initial clearance document the incident properly on the SF-86? What concerns, specific concerns should be mitigated and how? So they gave a hypothetical example, unmarried man uses legitimate dating site, mm-hmm. meets somebody who looks like they have a legitimate profile, do a couple things, and then she then um, collects pictures and locates the person's like Facebook profile and then yeah. starts to harass them with the pictures, sets up fake profiles with the man's likeness. He doesn't know how to respond, pays an initial ransom just for like a couple hundred bucks, you know, Western Union account, but then doesn't want to keep going because that's the thing with ransom. You know, mm-hmm. there is really no end in sight when you when you pay. So they give a couple thoughts, thoughts on this. Um, so the person, man or woman, if this happens to you, should formally file the case with the FBI's IC3 department, report the financial information provided as a close contact on the SF-86, explain the details of the case, note any similar past incidents or lack lack of any other ones, refer to the submission of the details of the case to the FBI, and then detail all the things that you have taken, the steps you've taken, like looking at like the, have you ever provided financial support to foreign nationals, especially if this turns out to be a foreign national, obviously, um, that would be included in those, in those answers as well. He says, it seems obvious that this, this sort of event that absolution should be mentioned somewhere on the form and create some concerns to be mitigated. The hope is that self-reporting an incident which we've been talking a lot about self-reporting lately. Um, The hope is that self-reporting would perhaps not otherwise have been found during the investigation in concert with the submission of evidence to the FBI. Like as long as it's not something that they're uncovering and you've actually self-reporting it, it should mitigate the concern to the extent possible that you were open, honest, and the information can't be used against you. But it did bring up a really good discussion, I think, on just self-reporting. And one of our frequent commenters weighed in and just saying like this generation, especially I think is facing moments like this, where it's just so much more normalized to share images all over. And once ever something's digital, it's there forever. Mm -hmm. So just because you do something online and it doesn't seem like a big deal at the moment, it can still be used against you. But the thing is, is like being quick to report all that and not I think companies need to do a good job with not shaming employees when they come in to self-report. Um, if something is mid- like they can work through that, they should definitely be working through that and not firing them right there or taking corrective action because otherwise they're not going to want to report it. And sure. then you're losing good talent as well. It definitely pulls out a major thread of just like things that are out there that could be used against you and like how that it can impact you. It does add a level of danger there, like what you're willing to do to save face. Uh, if we're not willing to at least keep details, like report those to our security officers and have them use discretion on how how to how to handle that information, you know. Mm-hmm. So, well, and it, it reminds me, you know, with the spike uh, during COVID that we saw of some of these social engineering attacks. Uh, I I know that on the news site we did have uh, or a former podcast episode as well. Um, catfishing and COVID and uh, reservist with the U.S. Army, who also does some modeling on the side, she, um, you know, it was just constant because she had, you know, an online presence, obviously, um, completely legitimate side hustle with her unit, 
Um, cause you know, they worked out that relationship and she disclosed it, but, uh, there are a lot, were a lot of implications that came a part of that in terms of, um, not necessarily sextortion, but again, having that presence online, um, you do sort of make yourself a little more vulnerable to those types of attacks and, uh, you know, being impersonated right. of some sorts. So it's even something to think through. Like, I mean, just as an extra layer of scrutiny as a clearance holder on for online dating sites, you know, just putting as much structure around them mm-hmm. um, as possible just to see if there's ways that you can make sure that you're not in that situation later right. on, you know, um, which is, it's easy to look back and be like, there's all these other things, like you could have boundaries you could have put in place so that right. you're not, you know, sending in ransom money through a Western union. <laughs> it's a lot easier to do that now than it is maybe back then. Cause it's usually a, a lot of tiny little steps that, that go, go into that. So Quick to oh, report. <laughs> right. No, very good. Open with your security officer. But, I, and that's the other thing with social media, um, you know, geotagging of any sorts, if you're going on vacation, just uh, no, your followers don't care that much. Yeah. Security clearance influencers, you. <laughs> right. So. Right. All right. So what do we have yeah. next? All right. So this is number five. This is our last story of today. But like I said, in a few weeks, we're going to have a few more for you because we love the weirdness and they serve as really great lessons for anyone who's applying for a security clearance or just needs to be reminded of all this stuff. It's a scary world out there. It's a beautiful right. world, but it's a scary right. world. So this one, suggestive cosplay content through OnlyFans and Patreon subscription service. Okay, so we've seen in the news recently, OnlyFans are on the teeter-totter. Are we going to do explicit content or are we not? So they decided to ban explicit content for their users. Surprise, surprise, everybody loves the explicit content on OnlyFans. I don't know what sort of market they were (laughs) intending to go after, but they reversed the ban. So this story is uh, very important for anyone who is in and around that space. Curious dirt bike user. Love it. Um, I'm a young female engineer beginning work at a company that will eventually require me to obtain a security clearance in the upcoming year. I have ambitions to aim for a federal job. Uh, after some years at this company, which would require me to a- achieve an even an even higher security clearance. Hobbies outside of work include cosplay, and I've considered starting an OnlyFans or Patreon account, as some social media followers have asked for a way to support me. My content would not be nude or pornographic, but I've considered making suggestive content that does not push these boundaries. So would something like this end up causing security clearance denial down the line? I'd be vigilant about paying taxes on the income. Um, I wouldn't put my name with the media. Um, It's not for fear of friends, family, or neighbors knowing, but rather for stalking or other horror stories that this female engineer has heard within the gaming and uh, cosplay communities. I also wonder, um, as cosplay requires use of masks, wigs, and makeup, would that appear as attempting to hide my identity? Interesting. Um, Ultimately, I'd like to pursue these options in my free time as I enjoy it, but if it may harm my career, uh, it's not something I'm willing, I, I completely need. Good choices, my friend. So different strokes for different folks. Love it. So, uh, some of the implications here, a person 
depending on the company or the agency contractor that you work at, if you have a side hustle while you're working, again, either for a federal agency or if you're in the military or working for a company, um, a person who does not submit an outside activity report could run into issues um, if they create an OnlyFans account and have that side hustle. Um, so the other concerns to unpack here is uh, in terms of applying for a security clearance is sexual behavior. So if it would involve a criminal offense of some sort, if it reflects a lack of judgment or discretion, or um, if you would be uh, subject subjected to coercion, exploitation, uh, blackmail, those are some of the things to take into consideration. I know that with any sort of suggestive content platforms, you also need to worry about uh, minors being a part of the mix. The other things, if you're not worried about your family knowing, okay, so it doesn't seem like blackmail might be the issue. Um, but there right. have also been cybersecurity concerns with OnlyFans accounts. And you can read more about those at news.clearancejobs.com. The, the fact there is if, if you have a user and a password and a, an account attached to your name, even if you're not showing your name, that you are, you know, subjecting yourself to some vulnerabilities there. So a lot to unpack. Long story short, you can have an OnlyFans account and you can create content. There are some issues that could come up, but um, it doesn't necessarily mean that you would be denied a clearance just for that reason. So, you know, again, yeah. the whole person concept, looking at your entire background, if you have a bunch of other issues, sexual issues, or, you know, misuse of IT systems in terms of using your OnlyFans accounts. That's another story, but that alone should not be cause for security clearance denial. Definitely seems like dotting your I's, crossing your T's on all your taxes and all the, all the reports, like don't miss a report. Yeah. Um, so as long as all those things are in place to each his own. Yeah. It does make me, it seems so funny when I think back, like, I think I was 22 <laughs> when I applied for a clearance like years ago, I think it was back within months. Just, I mean, there wasn't, I was fresh out of college and didn't have anything. I just had to remember all the different locations to live in. It, it's just so interesting, all the different things that they, you have to go through and what they have to sort through and the judgments that they have to make. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we've talked before about the SF-86 and filling it out and just making sure that you and we talked earlier here too, like don't incriminate yourself in the comments, but give them the full picture because the longer they have to dig into things to make sure something is legit, the longer your your process is going to take just because it's going to, it has to go through all the different um, hoops that it needs to in order to make sure everybody checks out. Because if, if somebody doesn't check out, you know who, you know, they, it doesn't make, make us look good either that we just rush somebody through the system. So they right. have to make sure everything's gone through correctly. So yeah, just think about what you're doing and is it worth it? I mean, I, 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 like anything in life, think about the choices that you're making. Don't make snap decisions um, in terms of creating a cosplay OnlyFans account. Again, different strokes for different folks. Love right. it. So those are very strange and bizarre uh, security clearance stories for today. A couple weeks our next uh, part of this series, we're going to be talking about the clearance holder and hearsay or 
rumors of someone overstaying their visa. That's one of the stories. Uh, restraining orders and stalking. Couple that's thinking about amateur porn. Uh, cryptocurrency strikes job chances again. And background investigator disclosing a whistleblower's identity. Um, so those are going to be some interesting stories that you should tune into. Uh, but for more security clearance stories and all the information that you can soak in, you can visit news.clearancejobs.com.